A few moments ago, Pastor Jason was referencing uh, part of the message from Sunday at the time where the Peter was walking on water because he obeyed the Lord to come. He got a word from God and he came, but then he took his eye off of the Lord and he began to look on his uh, circumstance, on the storm, the wind and the waves. And now he began to doubt and fear crept in his heart as a result of that and he began to sink. But here's the good news. In that moment, while he is drowning, in his desperateness, Peter knew to cry out to Jesus. And I want to build off of that tonight uh, by looking uh, once again in Matthew's gospel. But we're going to look at chapter 15, beginning in verse 21. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. And so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. In recapping what we have just read, the Bible tells us that Jesus withdrew to an area, a region called Tyre and Sidon. Now, for those of you who might be new to your Bible or don't understand, this was not a Hebrew vicinity. This was not where Hebrew towns were located. This was an area uh, uh, habited by Gentiles, heathens, non-believers, a non-Jewish population. Uh, and this Canaanite woman who, again, she's a heathen, she's not a Jew, she's not a believer, she came crying out to Jesus which is interesting because we need to ask ourselves, how did she know where Jesus was? In fact, if you turn, if you look in Mark's gospel who records the same event, Mark records that Jesus entered this area secretly because he didn't want anybody to know where he was at. And he stayed in a house that he didn't want anybody to know that he was staying there. Yet, we find that this woman knows that Jesus is around and she literally knew where to find him. And she found him now and enters the house and now she cries out to the Lord uh, because she was desperate. Her daughter was under demonic influence and as a result of that, she was suffering terribly. But the Lord didn't respond in her initial request as she prayed. 
In fact, her disciples say, uh, you got to send her away. Uh, and, and so now Jesus responds and says, well, you know, uh, it's not right for us to give the bread that belongs to the children to their dogs. And that's not a, a derogatory statement. The word that he uses there uh, is little dogs, which is a symbol of affection for puppies, if you will, that you have in the household. Uh, and this time she knelt before the Lord and she again pleaded with him. The third time she comes to the Lord and she says, even the dogs are entitled to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And as we read, Jesus marveled at her faith and told, declared that she had great faith. And because of that, her prayer was answered and her daughter was delivered in that very moment. I want to talk to you tonight about desperate times and how we respond in desperate times because I believe we are living in desperate times. By definition, the word desperate means extremely dangerous or serious, without hope. And I, I think you'll agree with me that we have, uh, because of the pandemic and all the ramifications as a result of that, because of the political atmosphere that's so charged with hate, we are in desperate times. More than ever before, our nation has been divided into, into different sects, if you will, into different, and I, that's X. S-E-C-T, by the way, for Pastor Jason, because he's always correcting me. You have to pray for him. Everybody thinks he's such an angel leading worship, but far from me, far from me. So we have all of these camps. That's my, let me get my word, a good word there. So we have all of these camps that are dividing our nation, uh, even at a local level. There's so much that's going on. There's so, we, we live in the age of anger and, and, and people spewing out all kind of evil as a result of that. And it's infected and infiltrated into the church itself. So these are desperate times. In our text, it, it identifies a kingdom principle that I want to talk to you about tonight, and that is desperate times cultivate desperate faith. Desperate times cultivate desperate faith. See, desperate times, if you will, is the soil, the spiritual soil in which desperate faith is developed or springs forth. The word desperate, by the way, also means this. It means driven because of despair. Driven to because of despair. There was a driven faith here, a desperate faith, because she knew her daughter was under demonic control and as a result, was, she was suffering terribly. And so this mother was now desperate to get help for her child. And as a result of that, she demonstrated this desperate faith. And I, I've realized in my life and, and in the lives of people, you only develop desperate faith when you find yourself in a desperate time. And so uh, here's the, the situation because desperate faith rises and it motivates us when we find ourselves in a place of despair. This woman had never seen Jesus before. 
Jesus. This is the first time he's in this region. Now, the Bible tells us that prior to this, some people from that region had come into this, to Jerusalem and Judea to, to see Jesus because they heard about him. But this woman had never seen Jesus. She now is, is looking for Jesus, and in her desperation, somehow she discovers that Jesus is around, and she finds the home that he's staying in that's supposed to be a secret. And here's what that speaks to me about. Desperate times produces this desperate faith that motivates us to search and find Jesus. To search for and find Jesus. You never have to tell somebody about crying out to God when they're desperate. In fact, just today, uh, we received a phone call at the church of somebody who was in a desperate place. They, they were, they've been struggling for 13 years with alcoholism, and they have tried every detox program available. They have tried all these other situations to try to, to get themselves in that place where they can not only uh, be free from this alcohol addiction, but stay free from it, all to no avail. And out of his desperateness, he called the church. You see, there are times where we're trying to win somebody to Jesus, but I would submit to you tonight that one of the things we should be praying for is for them to get desperate. Because when, when people become desperate, you don't need to tell them about Jesus. They, they come and find you. You don't have to seek them out. They seek you out. And why? Because of the Christ that's in, within you. And there's something about you and I. When we get desperate, nobody had to tell me that I needed Jesus when I was desperately struggling with my heroin addiction. I knew where I can get some help. I knew I needed to get to church. I needed to get help from the people there to help me find Jesus to set me free. Desperate times produces this desperate faith. And part of that, the, the, the manifestation of this desperate faith is that it motivates us uh, to, to search for and to find Jesus. It also, listen, it motivates us to cast aside prejudices. This woman was a heathen. They hated the Jews. But you see, she was desperate because her daughter was suffering terribly. And because her child was suffering terribly, she cast all that prejudice aside. Listen, when people are desperate, they could care less about your race. They could care less about your culture or your religion. All they want is, can you help me? And we're the same way. We could care less. I used to mock Christianity. When my brothers used to talk to me about Jesus, uh, I, I used to mock him. I'd say, I'm, not, I'm no Jesus freak. I'm, I, I don't want to be a hallelujah person. I don't need God. That's crazy. Why? Because I, in that moment, all I wanted was to enjoy my life, getting high and doing whatever I wanted to do, live the lifestyle I wanted to live. But you see, when I got desperate, when it got to the point where all of my friends were dying from drug overdoses, and I knew that that was the path that I was, gonna, I was on, and eventually that would be me. 
And I finally got to the point where I also tried different uh, programs and different things to try to get free from this addiction that, that I just couldn't break. And when I finally got desperate, all of a sudden, I didn't mock Jesus anymore. All of a sudden, I knew that's the place where I need to go to to get the help that I need. You see, this desperate times produces this desperate faith that casts aside even prejudice. Desperate times also produces a perseverance in prayer. And when I talk about perseverance in prayer, I'm talking about the refusal to give up even when you know you're not worthy to receive anything from God. That's what desperate faith does. This woman knew she had no grounds for which she can obtain anything from Jesus. But she still pressed in. Even the first time when Jesus remained quiet, she still pressed in. You see, desperate faith says, well, I haven't heard from God. But see, desperate faith doesn't give up. Desperate faith presses in and perseveres. Desperate faith ignores the, the, the accusation, uh, the voice of the enemy that accuses us. You know you're not worthy of God answering your prayer. You know it was your fault that you messed up. You know why you're in that situation. You don't deserve God doing anything. But see, desperate faith pushes all of that aside and still presses in, even though I'm a dog, even though I'm not worthy. I still need a crumb, God. I still need a crumb. In fact, that leads me to my last point, that desperate faith believes that only a crumb of God's power is all that is needed. In other words, desperate faith believes that a crumb of God's power is life-changing. A crumb of God's power is life-changing. She believed with all her heart, all I need is a crumb of your power to set my daughter free. I don't deserve anything but a crumb. Fine, you want to call me a dog? A dog is what I am. But even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the table. So Lord, would you let a crumb fall from your table so that my daughter can be set free? And because of her desperate faith, Jesus looked at her and said, you have great faith. Go, what you desire, you have received. And her daughter was set free in that moment. Pastor Jason, if you would come back and help me out, please. Desperate times I'm talking about tonight. It, it's the, that soil on which desperate faith is produced. Have you ever noticed that there's a huge difference in all of us when we find ourselves in a desperate time? There's a huge difference in how we pray. There's, there's, there's an intensity that wells up from the deepest recesses of our hearts when we're desperate. There's a cry that goes out to God that we don't ordinarily have when we're desperate. There's, I'm talking tonight about that different level. You know, we can pray and then there's desperate praying. There's that kind of praying that says, I am not going to stop 
because I need a miracle from God. Only God can give me what I need. And so I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep crying out to God. I'm going to keep grabbing a hold of God until I receive what I need from him. See, desperate, desperate faith will deny itself food and say, I'm going to fast until I receive from God what I need. Desperate faith will look at no other resource but God and God alone. Because all we need is a crumb of God's power. All we need is a crumb of God's power for deliverance, to break chains that bind. All we need is a crumb of God's power to heal what doctor says cannot be healed. All we need is a crumb of God's power for God to restore and to reconcile what cannot be put back together. Are you desperate tonight? Is there a situation in your life that you're desperate for God to move? Like Peter. Do you think Peter was, do you think when Peter began to sink in that moment of desperateness, do you think he said, Jesus, would you save me? I bet you that shout was heard all above the storm and everything with all of his mind, all of his heart. He let out that cry, Jesus, save me. He didn't care what he sounded like. Have you find yourself sometimes we're so concerned about what others will think about us. But when you're desperate, you can care less. When I was desperate because of this drug addiction and I went to the one place that I knew I could get the help and I stood up before the people, it was the first time in my life that I acknowledged publicly and to myself that I was a drug addict and needed help. I didn't care at that moment what anybody thought. I just knew one thing. If God doesn't help me, I'm going to die a drug addict. And I was desperate. And that was the night that my deliverance came. I believe tonight that there is desperate faith that can move the hand of God, that could receive a crumb from the master's table.